0: Hey guys, I'm Court, and I'm Kate, and I'm Kelly, and you're listening to Season 5, Episode 3 of The Castle Chat. Chat. Hey, Castle Chat friends. Welcome back to another episode of our Disney-themed podcast. Today's episode is titled Resort Rewind and Recap. This is where we pick a Disney resort and share all you need to know from food and transportation to room prices, theming, and amenities. Get ready, because we are covering the iconic Grand Floridian Resort. So, let's chat about it. we are back with another resort episode and we have one of our favorite people ever to be here with us to break down Grand Floridian. Who do we have with us today, Kate? The one and only Kelly from Kelly's Magical Vacations. Yeah, welcome Kelly.
1: Thank you guys. I am so excited to be back. I feel like I love this opportunity to get to hang out with you guys once a season. And I love that you guys picked Grand Floridian this time to talk about. I mean, I love Art of Animation like we talked about last time, but Grand Floridian really
0: is just like the pinnacle of Disney resorts. Absolutely. She is queen, you know, she's up there. She up there in price. She up there in beauty. She up there in all of it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and uh, our listeners actually picked
2: this time. This is what they wanted to hear about. So. Yes,
0: we were picking. The, the poll was between uh, Coronado and Grand Floridian. And you guys, you wanted Grand Floridian. It was a tight race, but here we are. We are super excited to share this iconic resort with you. Um, for those of you that do not know Kelly yet, um, she is our official travel sponsor of the Castle Chat. Kelly is a part of Mag- Magical Park Vacations, where she is a travel agent. Um, she can help book Anything you need for your Disney trip, whether that's tickets or your resort, she is your go-to gal for everything that you need and bonus her services are free, which is amazing. And we love that. And if you want to get connected to her, um, we'll talk about this more later. But there is a link in our bio where you can fill out a form and get connected with Kelly and she will help you with everything you need. And it'll be a completely stress free experience. We have used her It, it she is incredible. And I don't know we're just so grateful that you're here with your knowledge and your resources and we are ready to jump on in and learn all about this resort.
2: So let's start by talking about the history of Grand Floridian, how it came to be, and its place in Walt Disney World.
0: Okay, so... The Grand Floridian Resort opened in June. On June 28th of 1988, it was the Grand Floridian Beach Resort, and then its name got changed in 1997. Um, So that's when it opened, and then, so it was actually one of the, it was part of the Monorail Resorts, but it was the third of the Monorail, so it was the last one to actually be built out of the three.
2: Yeah, the Contemporary and the Polynesian were both OG resorts that opened with Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom in 1971. So the Contemporary and Polynesian are also celebrating their 50-year anniversary with Magic Kingdom, but
0: Grand Floridian came a little bit later. So, the Grand Floridian Resort was actually modeled after Hotel Del Coronado in San Diego, California and Mount Washington Resort in New Hampshire. So funny that it was named after a resort called Coronado. We also now have a Coronado Springs Resort, so I think that's very interesting. So, the buildings are actually named after islands in the Florida Keys, and those islands are Sago Key. Did I say that right, Sago Key. Sure, that sounds right. Sugarloaf, Conk Key, Boca, China, and Big Pine Key. Boca Chica. Boca Chica. <laughs> I cannot say any words ever. <clears throat> That's why you're here to always correct me, because I can't ever pronounce anything. I don't even know why I even put myself in that position, but you're always here to pick me up when I fall down. Teamwork. <laughs> Teamwork. Um, but I think it's really cool that they actually named the different buildings after the Florida like islands, and it makes, it makes a lot of sense, and... I just think it adds a little bit of touch to the resort itself.
2: Yeah, I think the selection of names for the different buildings makes sense when you hear that the resort opened as Grand Floridian Beach Resort. Yes. Um, obviously Floridian, you want to have Floridian flair in your selections for what you call things. Um, but. The whole idea for this resort, Walt's original vision for the resorts around the Magic Kingdom, he wanted them to mirror the lands. And so the contemporary is meant to kind of be a reflection of Tomorrowland being a more modern look and feel. Polynesian, obviously Adventureland, would be the one that Polynesian would be connected to. And then Grand Floridian's inspiration was Main Street USA. So that's the reasoning and the descriptor for how it got its super classic turn-of-the-century look, and I love that detail.
0: I almost wish there was more area around the Seven Seas Lagoon to be able to have each of the lands represented as resorts that would be an, like, I don't think that would be so cool, and I think a lot of people wouldn't notice that unless they knew that. I didn't really think about that until you mentioned it, but it makes a lot of sense. I just think it would be awesome if there was more space around there, or they could build more resorts and fill in those other lands.
2: Who knows? Maybe they will. I think that Reflections Resort, Kelly, you might know information about this, but is that still in the works? So it sounds like there wasn't really ever anything specifically said about Reflections, other
1: than that it's on hold for right now. But... There's been some rumblings that 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 new building that they're going to have at the Polynesian that they're building is bringing some elements from reflection so that kind of takes us to, you know, the point where we think maybe that's not happening anytime soon, but that land is still there it was, you know. I pretty much cleared out so that they could create it. So who knows what's going to happen down the line?
2: I would vote for a Fantasyland resort. I think that would be really fun. But Frontierland could be fun, too. I know in Disneyland Paris, they definitely have like a Western resort, and it looks really fun. So maybe that could be an option for the future. Who knows?
0: That will be awesome. We're gonna we're gonna put some uh, bugs in some Disney Imagineer ears and uh, say we have some ideas. Let's make this happen. <laughs> Hire us. It's just for Walt's vision. It's just for Walt's vision. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Disney's description of the resort itself is Victorian elegance meets modern sophistication at this lavish Disney Resort Hotel. This Victorian style marvel evokes Palm Beach's golden era. I just that whole description makes me think of like something so regal and ele- elegant, and that is a, such a great way to describe this type of resort. It does have that vibe. It is regal. It is elegant. When you step inside, you feel you can feel the luxury around you, and um, you can feel the history as well. It's not it's not modern in any way. It's it's very um, old. And it has that vintage feel, and I love that about this resort. It's it just feels very special. Uh, I totally agree. I have had the privilege of staying
2: at the Grand Floridian, and it totally meets every word of that description. It's so beautiful, and I would recommend it to anyone if you get to experience it. Like Kelly said, to kick it off, it is the pinnacle of Disney resorts, and that's how it was described to begin with. There was something that I read that said that the Disney company itself was describing the Grand Floridian as the crown jewel of their resorts like they Disney Imagineers and people who work for Disney was like this is it if there's something that we've done really well in the resort bubble it will be the Grand Floridian so I think that they've lived up to the hype that they set in that descriptor but in addition to the Grand Floridian itself later in 2013 we had the Vacation Club Villas open up um, adding A lot of new rooms to the resort and then even still this year we've had a recent expansion and completion of new fun stuff at the Grand Floridian Kelly why don't you talk a little bit about I think it would be really helpful for people to understand what is Disney Vacation Club and is that something that they're able to have access to and what can we expect from the Grand Floridian in these new updates So Disney Vacation Club is going to be a timeshare that's at
1: Disney. It's been around since the early 90s. Um, My family actually joined in 1996 when there was only one resort and it was called the Vacation Club Resort. So that's now Old Key West. But since that time, it has absolutely exploded across property and actually across the United States. So there is DVC um, resorts in Aulani in Hawaii and then also at um, Disneyland. So when you're a DVC member, you own a certain amount of points and then you can kind of use those points at your home resort. That's the easiest way to do it because you, you get priority booking or you can use it at other resorts. So you could use it at Elani or at Disneyland or on a Disney cruise. Um, for Grand Floridian specifically, what this kind of means is that some of the rooms that used to be traditional state rooms um, or you know, guest rooms have turned into DVC rooms. Um, that doesn't really hurt you know us people that maybe don't have DVC points because you can still book those rooms it's just a little bit more difficult because the priority goes to those DVC members Um, but if that is something that you're interested in I would say to definitely reach out to me because that's kind of a different world to you know navigate as you're trying to get those rooms but these are awesome rooms especially if you have a family that you're trying to you know You have a five person family, that's why our family did it. Um, It was easier to get into those rooms than into a traditional guest room. Um, A lot of these will have kitchens or a kitchenette at least, um, a washer dryer. So if you have little ones, these are really great options. But at Grand Floridian, we are kind of seeing an explosion of DVC rooms. And I think it's awesome for everybody because there's a lot of amenities that come with that.
0: I um, recently saw the updates to the DVC rooms and they look absolutely breathtaking. What is the theming for these new rooms for those that are listening that don't know this yet?
1: So it is Mary Poppins, which is really cool. I think it's just an awesome kind of nod to the Victorian era, but bringing in um, obviously that Disney magic. And if you look at the pictures, there's some awesome pictures out there on the Internet, some, you know, kind of room tours, you'll see these little elements of Mary Poppins throughout. And one of my favorite is there is a chandelier that has birds on it. And there's one bird that is different. And it's one of the little penguins from Mary Poppins. And I just thought that was the coolest thing that they added that in there.
0: That is so cute i did not recognize that that is awesome i love that little feature yeah these rooms are are truly are breathtaking from some of the photos and video content that i've seen the coloring that they've used um, the chandeliers are beautiful the artwork uh, the wallpaper it's just out of this world and it's definitely a room that i would love to stay in one day and rent some DVC points somehow and and figure out how to stay there um i will we'll have to talk to you about that because that's probably a big goal and dream of mine that maybe will come down the line but we'll see but it really is so beautiful
2: so for regular state rooms regular rooms that might be available to people when they're booking through you or trying to look at what's available online what can they expect out of those rooms So
1: um, Grand Floridian has 867 traditional staterooms and then 25 suites. Um, If you are looking for a suite, this is the place to go. Um, It really has the top of the line suites. Obviously, this was created, just like you guys were saying, to be really the pinnacle of the Disney world. So this is supposed to be lining up there with the Four Seasons, the Waldorf Astoria, places like that. So you're going to see that in the rooms. Um, I will say right now, grand floridians kind of going through a bit of a transition a bit of a glow up um so you're gonna see some changes that you'll there's gonna be construction that's going on to kind of get those rooms up to the area where the DVC rooms are right now in terms of just like the style and the look of them Um, They're still beautiful rooms right now and I would never say, you know, that should discourage you from going there. Um, They're larger rooms so they're going to be a lot more spacious than when we talked about a value resort or a moderate resort. So if you have a bigger family or you just kind of need that extra space, this is an awesome option for you. Um, You're also going to have that kind of easy delineation between your living space and the bathroom Um, whereas with values or moderates you kind of have that door that closes but it's not really a traditional closeout bathroom Um, so that's kind of a nice thing about the deluxe and definitely with the Grand Floridian you get those nice um, just very relaxing color schemes and you're gonna feel like you're in the you know opulence of what this resort is
0: yeah so i didn't i did also notice that each of the standard rooms they can sleep up to five adults they have the sleeper couch that they have which i think that is that's a feature that we see in a lot of the deluxe resorts that is really a game changer i feel like for a lot of people especially um with a family where they may have a a younger child that they can put on that little sleeper couch Um, that can make the difference between having to order, get one room versus two. Um, so I do like the Grand Floridian also has the, um, being able to sleep up to five adults. I think that's great.
2: Yes. When my family has stayed there, we are a family of seven. So we have to get two rooms and we're all like fairly big people and I'm, I'm not, by big, I mean adult, but I'm not a huge person. And that sleeper sofa is plenty of space for me.
1: Yeah, you'll see that the rooms will go from three people's. It'll sleep up to, you know, three adults to eight adults, depending on what the size of the room is. But I think that's a great point with this resort that you do have that fifth sleeper option just, you know, for the little one, for an adult, whatever it may be. I mean, I know with my family, it would have been my brother having that and that would have worked out perfectly for a five person family.
0: Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely a great feature for sure. Now, pricing of these rooms, this is the pinnacle of Disney resorts. So, we're probably going to see those higher level pricing. What does the pricing look like for a standard room at Grand Floridian? So, the average that Disney shares is that it is
1: $814.67 nights. 67 cents per night. <laughs> um, so it is definitely pricey. Um, I will say that these rooms are probably the hardest ones to get on property. Um, Just because you do, this is also a conference uh, location. So there's a convention center that's located there. So you will also have times where there's conventions that's going to take up rooms. So if this is one that you're interested in doing, I definitely say get on as soon as possible to get that room, Um, put that hold on it and just know that, you know, it's going to be expensive, but you're also getting a lot of amenities
0: that are involved in that. I mean that's a that's a pretty hefty price in comparison just from the other resorts we've been talking about especially when we're talking about some of these value resorts like pop century and art of animation they're definitely on the lower um end of the price scale but like you said this resort it has a lot to offer amenities wise i think we should talk a little bit about the amenities and and what that price tag comes with so when it comes to the different amenities we've got Um, a lot of we got two different pools and we've got the courtyard pool and we've got the beach pool the beach pool is the one that has the big water slide and the waterfall it's a little more it's definitely more kid friendly and then the courtyard pool is is described as a little bit calmer and um it's obviously there's are going to be kids at both but different types of vibe at each each of them i think the water slide obviously pays into a big effect into that but um you've got two really large pools i see lots of um content online of people hanging out at the grand floridian pools and it looks so fun i would love the opportunity to do that one day
2: yeah the um beach pool when i I had the privilege of staying at the Grand Floridian. That is the one, even though it was busy, we loved hanging out there. There There's a pool bar right there. You can get food, you can get drinks. There's also zero, um, I think it's called zero entry, where it's like a beach where you walk into the pool and it goes from like Mm -hmm. ankle deep to shin deep to knee deep as you progressively walk into the pool, which is also nice for people with little ones who, you know, you don't want them to fall off the edge of the pool. Okay, well, it's only ankle deep right here. Um, And so you can kind of monitor and and hang out with smaller children there, but then you also have the water slides, and they also have cast members who hang around and do activities outside of the water or in the water with the kids um, or anyone who wants to participate, which is a lot of fun. My um, younger brother, when we went, got to tie-dye a t-shirt, and they showed him how to tie-dye it in a way that would make a Mickey on it, and the boy has grown a foot since he made it, but he still wears it. So (laughs) they make some magic out there at the
0: pool. (laughs) His tie-dye Mickey shirt. But now he needs to make some new ones. But he knows how to to make it It's It's a a crop top now. It's a crop (laughs) top. Oh my goodness. Okay, what other amenities do they have at the Grand Floridian?
1: I was going to say two with the beach pool. They also have cabana rentals. So this is another kind of element of Grand Floridian that is just, you know, separate and apart from a lot of the other resorts on property where you have these kind of you know, luxurious things that you can add on to your vacation. So, the cabana rental, you actually have a cast member who's dedicated to you. You'll have sodas, waters that will be there, as well as like a little fruit basket and all of this. So, it's kind of nice if you're spe- planning on spending a whole day at the pool. I mean, I know I'm very fair skinned. So, a cabana rental is a very nice thing for people like me. But anyone who's kind of just spending the day there, I think it's an awesome way to, you know, kind of upgrade that experience
2: yeah you've mentioned it in one of your trip tips before but if you're going to spend as much money as you spend on the grand floridian and enjoying that resort i think it's totally worth it to reserve a day for just hanging out at the grand floridian get a cabana hang out at the pool all day enjoy the activities have lunch at one of their restaurants breakfast at one of their restaurants dinner at one of their restaurants and just get to experience why it is the pinnacle of Disney
0: resorts without waking up, rushing out, and then getting back just to sleep? Absolutely. Yeah. If I'm staying, if I'm ever staying there, I'm staying there specifically to stay at the resort and enjoy as much of it as I possibly can. Because, I mean, if I'm ever in a position where I can be at the Grand Floridian for a week and just be in the parks all day, that's that's great. <laughs> but I know, as my type of situation and my person. I will probably do it like one night and be able to just enjoy the resort for what it is. And to me, that's worth it. And I would be so excited to do that. So, definitely, like actually enjoying the amenities and spending the time there, it's super important.
2: So, the next amenity that I want to talk about is the census spa at the Grand Floridian. This place, so backstory. I did have one of those days when I stayed at the Grand Floridian where we just had a Grand Floridian day. We hung out at the pool. My mom and my aunt and I had um, a massage booked at Senses Spa for the afternoon. We literally walked over to the spa and it started thundering, lightning and pouring rain. So if you're going in a time of year where it's going to rain. I mean, why not be in a spa instead of out on the streets of any Disney park? uh, (laughs) Out on the streets. streets. Um, But let me tell you what, this experience that we had at Census Spa was next to none. I've literally never experienced anything else like it in my life. I've had a handful of spa experiences and I literally walked out of that thing like when can I do this again? That was the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. And (laughs) I am a brand new person. Yeah. I am a totally new person. Um, the cast members that are your, um, right hand people at the spa are so top notch in their service. Um, and, you go in. They have um, like a relaxation room. It's like steamy. There's a hot tub, and um, there's also a relaxation room where you can like sit in a recliner with some nice quiet music, and they bring you beverages. You can have a glass of wine. You can have tea. Um, all of the above, and then you have your actual massage, facial, or whatever you have planned, and then you can go back and enjoy the the spa amenities for as long as you want until you're ready to leave. And they bring you like snacks and stuff too. I mean, it was, it. I think the price tag on the experience that I got was $280, which really isn't like, if you're gonna have a in one, once in a lifetime spa experience, $280 is not asking too much in my opinion. Um, for all that I got, I totally thought it was worth the price tag and I would never hesitate to do it again.
0: she's like ready to book her next spa experience right now
2: (laughs) I have I have the type of mind that runs a mile a minute and it will never shut down and when I was getting my massage I was sitting there and I work in the medical field and so I was like running through like all these different things like what muscle is this what's that and like next thing I knew I was out Like I was literally put to sleep, I was so relaxed. So if I could recommend anything at the Grand Floridian, it would without a doubt
0: be Census Spa. (laughs) This is your top review here of Census Spa by (laughs) Caitlin. Have you ever done the spa, Kelly? I have. I've
1: done it a number of times. I've been really lucky too. I I stayed at the Grand Floridian um, once. So we did kind of the same thing where we spent a day at the resort to just kind of take everything in. Um, And then being local, I've been able to go back, which is really nice. Um, So I've done manicures, pedicures, and um, massages there. And I mean, every single service that I've ever gotten has been incredible. Um, My husband has done a massage there and he is like, when are we going back? I love it so much. Um, So he feels the same way that Kate does. Um, But I would say too, if you're, if you just want to experience it, maybe do like a manicure or a pedicure where it's going to be priced around like, you know, $65, $75 because you still get access to the relaxation room as well. So. That's kind of what I've done where, you know, maybe I don't want to spend $200 because it's just not one of those times in my life where I have that. But, you know, $65 for a manicure and then plus tip and whatever, I can do that. And I still get to experience all of those different things that are in the relaxation room. Um, The one thing since COVID uh, that has changed there is that you no longer get alcohol. So it used to be where you would get champagne, beer or wine at the end of your service or at the beginning of your service, depending on what your service was. Um, but they don't do that anymore. So that is kind of a change, but they've done some other things where they've kind of added in more experiences to it. So you kind of pick a, um, a rock that's in this rock garden and this rock garden kind of continues through your whole experience in terms of what the scents are that you use. So it truly is an experience and not just going to, you know, get a massage. I
0: love that. I love the little rock experience too. That's fun. I need to do it. I'm the only one in the room that has not done Census Spa, so I'm next. Yes, you have to be. <laughs> I need to sign up for it. I have been to a Spa a couple of times and have absolutely loved it, but I'm sure there's it's nothing in comparison to what Census Spa will give me. So I need to get that booked ASAP. Um, some other amenities that they have, something really cool about the Grand Floridian is they actually have a wedding pavilion. This is a very beautiful area on the property where you can actually get married at Disney World, which is so fun being an engaged woman myself it's obviously like so dreamy to think about but the pavilion is so beautiful it's near the water and people go take photos outside all the time you can walk up to it um i think you can even sometimes they have like open they have open door times i think where you can go in there um and just kind of walk around is that true it's kind of changed a bit after covid um it used oh, to okay but i think
1: at this point they'll do like open houses at some point so if it's something that you're interested in i'd say to look at the disney weddings instagram or their website um but they're also usually if right next to the wedding pavilion is Franks, which is of course an homage to um uh the father of the bride um but Franks is where they have all the wedding planners so if you went in there and you're like hey i really want to check this out they might make some magic for you
0: Yeah, that's so cool. But it is a very beautiful area of the property and a very cool like addition that this resort has that you don't see like a lot of places. I think that's really cool. Kelly, as a Disney bride, do you have
2: anything else to say about the Grand Floridian Wedding Pavilion? It's
1: I think as a guest of Grand Floridian, it is or just someone who's walking through. It's just always so magical when you see cinderella's carriage come down because you will see that a lot with the brides and grooms there um and it is i mean if you are looking to get married it is an awesome location to get married because you do have the chapel there um and the chapel though the window that you know you would stand at at the altar actually looks right onto cinderella's castle so it's a beautiful location um and then there's the convention center which does have very large ballrooms so a lot of people will wind up kind of just bringing everyone over there. So it's very convenient. And then you can stay there. There's the salon. So people go there to get their hair done before. So I think it's just, I mean, when they were putting together this resort, they clearly were, you know, they had this master plan in mind and I think they've just done it, you know, excellently.
2: A fun fact that I saw was that the very first wedding at the Grand Floridian was in 1995 and it was between two cast members.
0: That's so sweet. I love that.
2: Yeah, I mean, what better way to kick off that wedding pavilion than have people who make magic in Disney get married there?
0: I know, it's so, it's, that's so sweet. Okay, what other, like, amenities do we have with being at this resort? Um, I would say
2: maybe not necessarily a specific amenity, but a benefit of staying there are the views, You have incredible views of Magic Kingdom directly across from you. Every night there is the electrical water pageant, um, which goes across Seven Seas Lagoon. So it's a separate little water parade that has um these light up um like floats that run across the lagoon that you really only get to see if you're staying at one of the um seven seas lagoon monorail resorts um so you definitely get a little extra magic there but then you can also see enchantment fireworks i almost said happily ever after because i'm still wishing for that but um, (laughs) you can see the fireworks directly across um, from your resort if you go and sit on the um, beach area it's a direct view without having to be in the hustle bustle action of the park when the the fireworks are going in and i believe they pipe in the music so that it's still syncs to what you're visually seeing
0: yeah i mean being that close to magic kingdom that's an amenity within itself like being able to be that close so they do have a walking path that you can go directly from the resort to magic kingdom it's super accessible and so families are willing to pay that price to be that close to the magic and that is an amenity within itself i mean there's also like tons of food options that we're gonna go through i mean probably the most food options that i've ever seen at a resort when i was listing these out i was like whoa there is so much food here (laughs) so much to do so much to eat um you could definitely spend more than just a day hanging out at your resort just experiencing all that it has to offer um it's it's beautiful it's very large it's very spread out it's great to walk around so like different walking trails and stuff like that but the location itself is definitely like an amenity. It's a benefit, it's a it's a great location.
2: Yeah, so in terms of location one of the things that makes it incredible is the transportation options that are there. Not only do you have direct access to the monorail, but you are a single stop away from Magic Kingdom. For other resorts, you have to stop through. If you're at the Contemporary, you have to stop a ticket transportation, Polynesian, Grand Floridian, and then you get to the Magic Kingdom. Polynesian, you stop at the Grand Floridian and then you get to Magic Kingdom. But at the Grand Floridian, you load and the next place you get off is the Magic Kingdom. So you're as close as you can get in terms of monorail access. And even though at the Contemporary, you can walk to Magic Kingdom, it's probably just as swift to board a monorail and get off for the Grand Floridian guest members. Um, So I think that that's a huge perk, and you do have monorail access on the way back, however what I learned when I stayed there is they also have a water taxi they have if you are going in the ferry or going on the monorail you'll see these small boats that go across Seven Seas Lagoon and they have a water taxi where you can load and get back to the Grand Floridian that way as well so what I found was the most efficient was taking the monorail to the Magic Kingdom because it's the next stop and then when you're ready to leave take the water taxi because Grand Floridian is the first stop for the water taxi on the way back so so either way you spin it, Grand Floridian has one of the most convenient options for the transportation that's available there. In addition to your regular buses that will take you to the other parks, um, you can also go to Ticket and Transportation and get on a monorail to Epcot. So you have easy access to get to that park as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're someone that d- doesn't really like the bus system and you, and you want more options in that way, then like... Like Caitlin said, you can take the you can go take a transportation center, and get the monorail to Epcot, and then you could even get the Skyliner from there to Hollywood Studios. So the only park that you would really have to get on a bus for would be Animal Kingdom. Um, or there's obviously the minivans, the lift service that they've just now brought back. So there's th- there's different options of how to get in and out of all the parks, but you have so many options versus some resorts where they only have bus transportation as an option for um, for you to get in and out of different resorts. So that's kind of a little bit on the amenities and the transportation. Let's talk about the food. We all know what you guys came here for. You wanna talk about the food, you're ready to eat. So let's chat about all the different restaurant options that we have at Grand Floridian.
1: So there are actually 14 different dining experiences at Grand Floridian, which I think the only resort that beats that is Coronado Springs, which Coronado Springs is a convention resort. So it kind of makes sense. Um, But this is some of the top of the line uh, dining that you're gonna get at Walt Disney World. So I think the first one that I think we should talk about is let's just start at the top, Victorian Alberts. Have
0: you guys heard about Victorian Alberts before? Yes, we have. We um, actually mentioned it in a recent episode where we talked about it was coming back. It. Well, we talked about it in, D- in Disney Breakdown, right? Okay, yeah. The end of last season, we talked about Victoria and Alberts coming back since COVID, which I know a lot of people are super excited about. But it is that like top of the line dining experience, most expensive thing you can probably do on <laughs> Disney property food wise. So it's it's definitely luxurious. I've never done it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Victoria and Albert's is labeled, for all of you foodies, as a five-diamond restaurant. There are only 60 of those in all of the United States. So for there to be one of those on Disney property, I think is a huge achievement for the culinary faculty, staff, cast members at the Walt Disney Company.
1: Absolutely. And I'm just so happy that it's coming back because I think it is something that again, just really sets the Grand Floridian apart from other resorts. Um, But for people that aren't looking for that kind of experience, because that one is going to be obviously much pricier, um, and there is gonna be a dress code for that one. For a lot of the um, Grand Floridian resorts, you're gonna, I'm sorry, uh, restaurants, you'll see there is kind of a dress code. So the other two that you'll have to be a little bit particular about what you're wearing is Citrico's and Narcosis. Um, Narcosis is actually going to be closing for a little bit, so starting July 14th. Um, This is the one that is out on the Seven Seas Lagoon. So if you are taking one of the uh, water taxis that Kate was talking about, you'll see the building for this one. It has some of the best views of fireworks on property um, and it will be coming back. They've said that it's going to open in um, 2023 uh, with an enhanced experience. So
2: that should be pretty exciting to see kind of how they're gonna change and use that space in a different way as well. Remind me, is Citricose or Narcooses predominantly seafood? Narcooses is predominantly seafood. So Citricose recently
1: reopened after COVID and everything. Um, It's another signature dining. So, you know, similar kind of experience to Narcooses, um, but it's gonna be more American foods. It's gonna have like, you know, chicken, steak, you'll have some seafood, things like that, but there's gonna be a little bit more kind of variety in the food there. Um, And it has a lot of inspiration from Mary Poppins Returns, so if you liked that movie, this one is definitely one to go to. Um, And the other thing that I really love about Citrico's is there is a lounge, so if you just want to go check out the space, grab a drink, you can do that up there. Um, And this one, the one thing to remember with this is that it's only open Wednesday through Sunday, so Monday and Tuesdays it's actually closed at this time.
0: Interesting. I love that there's a lounge. That's a great opportunity, like you said, to just go grab a drink and enjoy the environment without actually having the full dining experience. Exactly, yeah. It's That's, I think, another
1: thing that's so great about Grand Floridian is the number of different places that are just kind of walk up. So the Enchanted Rose is, I think, everybody's favorite. Um, the theming in that is just amazing. So the Enchanted Rose um, used to be my lounge. Um, and it changed over probably about four or five years ago now um, and is the bar and lounge in the Grand Floridian um, is Beauty and the Beast themed. So it has a lot of very kind of posh and, you know, you feel like you're in the castle, but it's very bright. It's not that kind of like dark feeling that you get from like the our guest rooms or something like that at the Magic Kingdom. Um, But you have a lot of, you know, you'll see the teapot for Mrs. Potts and you'll see Lumiere and things like that. And then the drinks are kind of just an upscale experience that you'll have.
2: Yeah, I think um, what I remember about Enchanted Rose, I have not had the opportunity to sit down and enjoy a drink there. I've walked through it um, before it was opened um, for service, but um, the environment first of all is absolutely stunning it's beautiful but a lot of the options that you can order there are almost like a like a show if you're looking for something that is pricey but not as pricey as a full meal at a sit-down restaurant that's definitely one to check out
1: I think that it's a great way to kind of get that, you know, Grand Floridian experience. If you aren't staying there too, that's the other thing to remember with these resorts is just because you're not a guest at the Grand Floridian doesn't mean that you can't experience these different dining options. So this is a great one. Grab the monorail from the Ticket and Transportation Center Take it to the grand floridian grab a drink at the enchanted rose there's mocktails available there too as well as some food and appetizers and then head to magic kingdom for the fireworks and you have a great evening and you get to kind of experience those different opportunities that they have there
0: i'm really glad you mentioned that because i think a lot of people believe that they have to be a guest at a resort to um, to be a part of the different amenities or uh, which some of the amenities you do actually have to have like your magic band access and stuff like that but for Food options. Um, you can you can dine at any of the resorts, and that is actually one of my favorite things to do: is going and visiting a different resort and eating there, even if I'm not staying there, um, just to feel like a little bit more of that magic and different theming and what Disney has to offer. So I'm so glad you mentioned that because these are great experience just experiences to have to um, be surrounded in that Grand Floridian atmosphere without actually staying there. In my
2: opinion, I think that after disney springs disney springs has incredible dining options but next after disney springs is hands down the resorts your best dining options are not going to be inside the park i think disney wants you to be pulled outside of the park to see other things that they have to offer and a lot of their effort and um, contributions to your food experience is put into what you can experience at resorts not in the parks people go to the resorts and stay at the resort so they can get in the parks so they don't really have to market that but to have incredible dining outside of the parks that pulls people into grand floridian for example and someone has an incredible experience at their dining they say oh my gosh i want to stay here someday that's great marketing too
0: yeah definitely um speaking on alcohol i know we just touched on that with the enchanted rose there are um, two pool bars where you can get more alcohol and have more fun um, at both of the pools, at Beaches Pool Bar and Grill and the Courtyard Pool Bar. Um, I think it's great to be able to have these options right there by the pool so you can get what you what you need if you want a late night drink or um, a snack as well. These pool bars are great for that. So there's definitely, there's two other options there to get your alcohol fixed, so that's what you're into. Um, what other food options do we have? One of my favorites um, is it's not back
1: yet, but I'm really hoping that they do bring it back um, because I think it is just quintessential Grand Floridian is the Garden View Tea Room. Um, So this is kind of if you walk into the main lobby of the Grand Floridian and you look straight back, it's this area that's pretty small and it's got kind of couches and some chairs, um, but not like the traditional, you know, four top tables or something like that. Um, And it was actually a high tea that you were able to have. And these teas were more Alice in Wonderland kind of themed. So there was like the Mad Hatter tea. um, And then they would bring out, you know, the um, trays that had your tea sandwiches and some scones, um, some desserts, a trifle, things like that. So it was a really great experience. And I do hope that they bring it back. But, you know, they're always kind of changing things. And I think we're seeing a big transformation with Grand Floridian. So if it doesn't come back, I know it'll be something even better.
2: That is true. I've always wanted to have tea at the Grand Floridian. It's on my bucket list. Should they bring it back? Even if they retheme it a little bit or something that makes it match the new theming and new vibe, I guess you could say. Um, I, hands down, want to have that experience. Like you said, it's so Grand Floridian to sit down and have afternoon tea. So I hope that I get to experience that someday. Um, One of my favorites that we haven't talked about is Grand Floridian Cafe. I think Grand Floridian Cafe gets looked over. It gets passed up. It's not really ever busy from what I've experienced. You can always find a reservation there and I've never had a bad experience at Grand Floridian Cafe. It used to be a tradition for Sam and I when we would go on a Disney vacation to end our vacation with a meal at Grand Floridian Cafe before we would get on a plane. Um, And we've done that several times. And like I said, I've never had a bad experience.
0: Yeah, I have actually been there for breakfast before and I really enjoyed their breakfast. It was very reasonably priced. I loved I was able to do that right before going into Magic Kingdom. And so it like the location of it, perfect pricing was great. And I really enjoyed the food. So I was going to say that, too. I really like the Grand Floridian Cafe.
1: I think that's a great point about the pricing for Grand Floridian Cafe. Um, It is one that's a little bit, you know, kind of easier to (laughs) swallow the um pill when you get that uh check at the end of the day um but the other one that is at grand floridian that is even you know if you have a family and you're just trying to get something quick um is a great option is the gasparilla island grill so this is going to be the quick service at grand floridian um and it's kind of located by the marina area um it's going to be an area where you kind of it's a, not a cafeteria per se but it's going to be You know, there's two different windows basically where you can pick out what you'd like. Um, And they have a lot of great offerings. A lot of times you'll see when Disney does these special cupcakes or different things for the seasons, they'll be one at Gasparilla Grill. Um, So I would definitely say don't skip out on this one. It has a lot of great food and also great views.
2: Yes, it is. If you um, are trying to way find how to get to some of these locations, Gasparilla Island Grill, if you can find the marina at Grand Floridian is going to be right behind where you see that beautiful yacht, the grand one sitting right there. That's an amenity we didn't touch on just real quickly. There are watercraft for rent at the Grand Floridian. If you're having one of those days where you're just hanging out and enjoying the resort rent a pontoon boat. Or if you really want to rent the yacht, take it out on Seven Seas Lagoon. That is something that is easily accessible right there in the marina at Grand Floridian. Um, But the last restaurant that we have to touch on is 1900 Park Fair.
0: This one's actually temporarily closed right now, I believe due to COVID. And I'm not sure when it's supposed to be coming back. Um, But it is going to be your buffet-style eatery, um, where you can actually dine with some of the Disney characters. What characters can you see at this dining experience?
1: It's changed a little bit over time, but usually it's been like some of the Cinderella um, characters. So Prince Charming was there, which was really cool. And then you had Anastasia and Drizella, as well as Lady Tremaine. So kind of different characters than you, you know, traditionally would see. Um, Alice in Wonderland has been there, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Uh, the White Rabbit, and Mary Poppins.
0: And I think at one point Pooh Bear was there as well. I did just see a picture. I was just Googling there real quick. I did see a picture of Pooh Bear. So he in fact (laughs) was there, the icon himself. I feel like
2: they are all like British classic characters. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty (laughs) accurate. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, so that's basically it for food. Did we miss anything?
2: I don't think so. The only thing that I can think of that we haven't touched on is specifically relating to food is that in the lobby of the Grand Floridian for various holidays, they will have a bakery of some sort set up. I recently went um, during the Easter holiday and they had an Easter bakery set up in the lobby area where they had specific holiday treats um, that you could purchase. But most notably and something the Grand Floridian is known for at Christmas time, they have a life-size gingerbread house that cast members spend the entire year preparing and baking for. And they literally make a gingerbread house that is a bake shop where people, cast members, work inside of the house and give you gingerbread Christmassy treats
0: so so fun if you if you are in disney world during the christmas season you should definitely just stop by the grand floridian and and check it out Get some really awesome photos of it maybe grab one of the little treats or stay for a dining reservation but it is definitely worth the stop by just to get um just to experience it honestly yes some of the other things
2: that you can find in grand floridian that we did not mention is um basin it's a um like soap bath bomb type store. It's really fun to just walk through and see what they have. I've definitely gotten gifts to bring home to people there. Um, Fun bath related things. Um, They also have a um, salon that, do they do things like Bibbidi, almost like Bibbidi Boppidi Boutique in the salon there? Yeah. Yeah, so that was a location for the Bibbidi Boppidi Boutique um that one
1: hasn't been said that it is reopening yet um but it's still sitting there and i feel like you know they had just kind of redone that area for that so i think it probably will come back um but that's a good thing that to know that the magic kingdom one is opening the disneyland one is opening so that probably means hopefully down the line that one's coming back too
2: yes and then in addition to both of those locations there are various places you can shop in the grand floridian they have some unique more um upscale preppy stores that you can find um, disney specific merchandise Uh, i know that they have like um, tommy bahama um, or kate spade or any of those high-end designer labels that have disney collaborations they have a store in there where you can find um like disney golf shirts or disney lily pulitzer dresses um so they definitely want to have um that high-end feel to the shopping experience as well anything else you guys want to mention
0: about grand floridian well i don't i don't think i have anything else to add besides i think we do have some fun facts which we love the fun facts over here at the castle chat so do we want to share some of those Yeah, sure. Okay, what do we have for fun facts?
2: Um, My personal favorite fun facts for the Grand Floridian are that there um, have been episodes of Full House filmed there. It's where I fell in love with the Grand Floridian. I saw it on TV and was like, I need to stay here. Uncle Jesse is playing the piano in the lobby. Where can I find him? Um, And then um, the Beach Boys filmed their music video for Kokomo there. Uh, I didn't know this until doing research for this, but, um, I love that song and now want to go look up the music video.
0: That's super cool. That was in, uh, 1988, which literally was the year that it opened. So way to go, Beach Boys. Uh, let's see what else we have. Um, there actually, okay, so this is cool about Victoria and Alberts. There actually were some original maps of Florida that are found there that actually date back to 1775 which is a very historical, like, thing to have, I guess, in that area. I mean, when you're dining in this elevated experience and to find, like, history on the walls, I think that's amazing.
2: Yes, I really loved that note and was immediately wanting to run and go find it. Um, I think that's really neat. I love historic maps, and I that's why I keep every single map that i ever get when i walk into any of the disney parks because i feel like 50 years from now and i'm still obsessing over disney i'll pull out my old map and be like this is from
0: 2022 oh my god i can picture you doing that right
2: now (laughs) i'll show all the grandkids Um, The last thing that I think is worth mentioning for Grand Floridian in terms of fun facts is that in 1990 it was um, awarded a AAA Ford Diamond Award um, as a resort, which is a really big deal. Not only was it awarded that distinction two years after it opened, but it's maintained that distinction ever since. So I think that that speaks to the level of quality and service that they aim to provide at this resort. It has not wavered from being top-notch, high-class type of experience.
0: Okay, well, this was so much fun. Kelly, we are so glad you were able to join us. You have so much knowledge and the people love hearing from you because you are their trusted uh, travel advisor. So thank you for your time and for being here with us. It's always such a pleasure when we get to hang out with you.
1: Oh my gosh, you like build up my ego so much. I love
0: it. (laughs) You're you're just the best. (laughs)
1: It is always awesome to get to talk to you guys and then when i hear from castle chat listeners it is just the best um because i know we're just kind of all in the same community and just very excited to work with some more castle chat listeners hopefully
0: of course yeah like we said there is a link in our bio that you can click on it'll get you connected to kelly and her services they are completely free she'll meet with you she'll hear about all your disney needs and put a plan in place and make it all happen with as little stress as possible. Um, We say this from experience, we've both used her, we both love her, she's amazing. I will sit here and literally build her ego up all day long um, because she's amazing and um, definitely get connected with her to help with your next Disney trip. Okay, we are back with a trip tip and Kelly herself who's here with us today. She's going to be giving us a live trip tip. So Kelly, what is your trip tip for today? I am excited about this one because this is one
1: that I've kind of just started to delve into more. Um a lot of times I know it can be very difficult to get dining reservations and of course, as a travel agent, I handle that for people, so I kind of know those you know, ins and outs of getting them what the best way is, things like that. But sometimes it's just not possible. Um, One of the things to do if you are in the parks, you don't have a dining reservation, but you really want to have a sit down, uh, you know, lunch, dinner, whatever it may be, or you have a very specific restaurant you want to go to is to check out the walk up list So this is gonna be available on your My Disney Experience app and you can actually go right on there go to the restaurant, check to see if they have a walk-up list and then also check to see what time they're open. So if they open up at 11 a.m. and you really wanna get to Crystal Palace, Get on your app at 11 a.m., make sure you're near that restaurant and then join the walk-up list and you'll have a pretty good opportunity of getting into that restaurant. So this is great, especially if you have bigger parties that you may not be able to get a reservation for as easily online. Walk-up lists are something not to sleep on.
0: That is a really amazing tip. I have never utilized a walk-up list and I will now utilize that for sure because getting a dining reservation can be extremely stressful and it can be very limiting as well you could literally blink and everything could be gone so it's it's difficult it's hard sometimes people drop reservations and you can pick them up and you get lucky which is awesome but having that option if you're on the actual day and you want to try and do a walk-up list to even maximize that opportunity i think that's great so i'm really glad that you uh that you shared that with us i'm definitely going to use that
2: Yes, Kelly shared this tip with Sam and I in one of our recent trips. Speaking of the Grand Floridian, we told her that we always do Grand Floridian Cafe before we leave. There were no reservations in sight. And she said, hey, there's this thing called the walk-up list. As soon as it's open, join it. And what do you know? It was just as easy to enjoy an experience at grand floridian doing it that way versus getting a dining reservation 60 days in advance um we had to you know be prepared we planned to get to the grand floridian when the grand floridian cafe opened and we joined the walk-up list and we just hung out strolled around the resort and when our table was ready we got a text saying to head back to the cafe it was i mean like i said as easy as that
0: that's amazing thanks for that trip tip Rainer
2: Spotlight. No more jingles. I don't have one today. <laughs> yeah.
0: Creator Spotlight is where we pick a creator in the Disney bubble on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, whatever platform we see where they are just killing it in the social media realm. And we are super inspired by their their posts, their content, and who they are and their personality. And so today for our Creator Spotlight, we are actually going to let Kelly pick one as our special guest and um, see kind of who she has today for the creator spotlight so who you got kelly
1: so this week i am really excited to talk about the pink jasmine um she is an incredible creator who i actually found probably during like covid time um and she is just super creative she used to live in the disneyland area now in the texas area but just talks a lot about how to kind of do diys that will help you bring that disney magic into your house into your everyday life when you're not in the parks. Um, she has an incredible feed. If you ever just wanna go and look at something that is beautifully curated, this that's her feed. And she puts all of it together herself. So she is just a very creative woman, um, super kind, super nice, and just somebody who I think everybody should be checking out.
2: I love that. I feel like I certainly need inspiration on how to bring Disney to my everyday, being an out-of-stater. Um, we love getting, creative content added to our feed so if you are not following the pink jasmine please look her up on instagram and give her a follow at the pink jasmine and that's jasmine without an e j-a-s-m-i-n
0: Okay, guys, next week we have another episode coming your way for Season 5. Um, episode 4 is going to be Game Day. We introduced this um, this episode actually last season, and you guys really enjoyed it. We did a Taylor Swift and Disney collaboration game where we picked Taylor Swift lyrics and we matched, matched them up with Disney films or TV shows that we thought that the song would go in. So for this Game Day, we are actually going to be doing a This or This that type of challenge where we basically go through different like would you rather or this or that situations would you rather um eat a mickey pretzel or a mickey ice cream bar etc um and we just kind of threw together some um some of the items that we found online and we're just sitting and having fun and and going through and and answering them all for you guys it's a very fun and uh, spontaneous little episode that we like to do. So definitely check that out next week. We're really excited about that one. Um, in the meantime, while you wait for the next episode of the Castle Chat, we would love if you would check us out on social media at the Castle Chat. Um, you can also send us an email thecastlechat at gmail.com or send us a dm we love to hear from you guys um leave us a review on your podcast platforms we would really really appreciate it all fun things that you could be doing before you wait for the next episode and you know until then we'll leave you with what we always leave you with which is there's a great big beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you go make it magical see you real soon bye friends